Welcome to Fintech Uncut. The quiz show with candid commentary on the biggest fintech and financial services news of the week that was. Disclaimer, this show is created purely for entertainment purposes and contains segments of sarcasm, satire, parody, and humor. Even if you don't think any of it is funny, the creators do not accept any responsibility or liability for the accuracy of any content shared and reminded you to always fact check everything yourself. And now, it's over to your quiz master. Welcome everyone to Fintech Uncut, the quiz show with candid commentary on the week's biggest fintech and financial service stories with the wise guy, the other guy, and Judge Mary. It looks like we're gonna speed up this session a little bit. So are you ready? Let's go. I'm Rico Kuklebergs, your host of the day, eager to know who will win this week's quiz. Chris, wise guy Skinner, Andrew, the other guy Forster, or Judge Mary. Let's start with the first question. But you cut me on the counter. It wasn't me. Saw me banging on the sofa. It wasn't me. Even had her in the shower. It wasn't me. She even caught me on camera. It wasn't me. She saw me mark so much. She she saw the marks on my shoulder. It wasn't me. Heard the words that I told her. It wasn't me. Heard the screen get louder. It wasn't me. She stayed. She stayed until it was over. Question. Who wasn't to blame according to the fintechs and financial services news this week? Who wasn't to blame? The Bank of England says they're not to blame for the high inflation rates in the UK due to their previous policy of ultra low interest rates and mass bond buying. That's Maybe according correct. to a press release. That's the answer I was hoping for. Okay. Let's try. Well, most bankers will say they're not to blame for anything. Um, but equally, so will most politicians. So I'm guessing it must be Donald Trump. He's never to blame for anything, is it? No, sure, but it's not Trump. Not sure if um, if they just said that they're to blame or not, because they've decided not to comment. But uh, Deutsche Bank um, have agreed to settle uh, a $75 million lawsuit that's been brought against them, claiming that they... Um, enable Jeffrey Epstein's alleged sex trafficking ring. So I don't think that they're saying that they're to blame, but they have accepted to pay out on the lawsuit. Yeah, the strange thing about that is that um, everybody's wrapped up with Jeffrey Epstein's paedophilia ring in that Jed Staley, the former chief executive of Barclays Bank, when he was at JP Morgan, has been wrapped up in that affair. Uh, can I call it an affair? <laughs> but, but I think you were onto but, something yeah. in the beginning there, Chris, when you said um, all the bankers say that they're not to blame, because I think that uh, the new story that Rick's referring to has got to do with a whole bunch of bankers, bunch of bankers that say that they're not to blame. Uh, the heads of First Republic, SVB and Signature Bank that all appeared in, in front of the Congressional Committee this week um, and all said that they're not to blame for the banking crisis. And uh, or anything else, it's it's to do with everything else, but not them. In actual fact, one of the news reports that I read said that a senior SVB executive was blaming working from home as one of the reasons <laughs> why SVB failed. It's always not them. Well, that's ridiculous. But banks are like really funky about work from home policies, but that's so pathetic. All right, Andrew, you won this 
Brown. Let's give you a nine points. We'll move it Ooh, beyond yes. eight, Rick. And start. Chris, we'll give you five. I, I can't believe you gave Andrew the points when he said a bunch of bankers when it's a bunch. Oh. <laughs> Maybe a bonus point. Next question. Next question. Barack Obama once said, we say we value the legacy we leave the next generation and then settle that generation with mountains of debt. What made this statement so incredibly accurate this week? Is it that um, we give our children a legacy of debt and particularly climate debt and that um, scientists this week came out and said the one and a half degree warming of the earth has reached its tipping point. Um, and you can see that from Italy this week and that they've canceled the Grand Prix at Imola because of the flooding in the region due to uh, rainfall that usually would be over a whole year, uh, fell in just 36 hours. Wow. You should be giving funny answers now. <laughs> yeah, oh, sorry. That's a I, I'm, I'm a serious guy, you know? <laughs> But, Rick, <laughs> telling the tale. Saddling the youth with debt. There was a um, a Forbes article this week that said that ninety five percent of recent grads won't end up paying back a penny on their student loans, um, despite paying thousands of pounds because of the rising interest rates. So that's a bit of a you know saddling our youth with debt um, to do with student loans. Nothing to do with that. I wasn't really talking about mountains of debt. It's a mountain if you're a student and you're just starting out and you got no money. Yeah, it is getting closer, but it's not what I was looking for. I mean, it's interesting when you look, particularly at the US, that uh, and Mary, you'll know this that most young kids, uh, if they go through college, end up with a mountain of debt from fees. So, is it something to do with? uh the debt in america and the kids have so much high debt they can never pay back or is it just american debt oh yeah you know is america going bankrupt are they Mary. going to default on is their loans? Right answer? it is the right answer it's a bit it's a bit uh yeah it's a bit tough over there what happens what what will the impact be oh you know. gosh if we talk impact we're all gonna start crying right now <laughs> or, or i am i mean this is one of those things that comes up every now and then but um feels like stakes are super high right now um, well, luckily can just print more and there's no issue <laughs> yeah but oh, is, we're out of money let's print more is 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 it even possible i mean uh Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen is confirmed to uh, Congress that United States could default on its debt as early as first uh, of June. Now, of course, all the analysts and everybody are saying that's impossible. That, but it happens every one, two, three years. Yeah, but they, but they've never defaulted. Higher stakes, yeah. They've never defaulted and they've hit this, their, their, their debt limit, their ceiling. So they've got to vote to raise that ceiling, mm. which, of course, all the analysts say that they will. But at the moment, yeah, you know, it's starting to be some fairly sensational headlines. Is America going bust? What's that going to do to the rest of the world economies? Well, Andrew, 
you won this round too. Eight points. Stealing Chris, it from you, Chris. Chris, five. Uh oh. Ooh. I think I'm giving it and to unfortunately, you. Unfortunately, for the next two questions, Andrew may be biased as well. So, May 16 was the day that Big Panda took the stage at the Banking Scene Conference Brussels. Biggest conference in Belgium for the bank industry, by the way. However, big was my surprise that this wasn't the company's biggest news of the day. What was Bitpanda's biggest news on May 16? Well, I'm going to jump in here because Bitpanda is interesting. Uh, and maybe it's the fact that they are offering the opportunity to invest in WorldCoin, which uh, if you don't know WorldCoin, it's... Uh, just become a unicorn um, valued at $3 billion and backed by Sam Altman, the guy who founded and is behind ChatGPT, which is artificial intelligence. And WorldCoin is building the whole idea of using artificial intelligence to manage identities using biometrics through iris recognition. And I say iris very carefully because I don't want you to mistake it for something else on your body. Yeah, thank goodness I didn't try and say that, Chris. With my South African accent, that might have come out a little bit differently. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm disappointed, though. You mean it's got nothing to do with the giant pandas that have been at Edinburgh Zoo for the last 12 years and are now being returned to China? No, come nah. on. I thought that maybe it had to do with their partnership with Raffaisen Bank. Um, did I pronounce that correctly? Raffaisen. Raffaisen. That's the one. Raffaisen Bank. Um, they've done it, signed a partnership to offer crypto investing to all of Raffaisen's customers. Um, allegedly, the first traditional bank in EU to be able to do that. Not quite sure about that, but that's what I they... wrote about that recently. But that was before May 16, so it's oh, not a new item. Well, actually, if, if you bring those two things together, I mean, Raffaisen is a Austrian-based bank that's actually all over Central and Eastern Europe. Um, and Bitpanda, as I just mentioned about WorldCoin, um, maybe is interested in artificial intelligence. And I think that being in Austria, the Bitpanda's just invested quite a lot of money in creating a dedicated yeah. AI area for their organization so that they can become a ai powered wealth manager which means that basically you put your money there and the system and the software runs everything for you yeah how about that mary i would say chris way to have a comeback round nine points for you andrew arbitrarily assigning you six <laughs> I'm going to slide in for an extra bonus point there because there was one particular uh, um, snippet in the news article where it said uh, essentially they are going to be enabling people to chat with their money, which I think is bang on the trend at the moment about chat GPT. Different article that I'm putting the link in the um uh in in the show notes uh why do i want to chat with money 
Well, because it just makes it much more accessible. Bitpanda's whole thing is democratizing access. And up until now, wealth management and wealth managers have only been accessible to the super rich, the elite, and this kind of a thing. And Bitpanda's aim with this AI technology is going to make it as easy as having a chat GPT-like conversation to be able to enable people to invest like that. As they said, essentially enabling you to chat with your money. I think it's brilliant. Democratizing access to wealth yeah. management. All right. Next yes, question. If you're going to try and slide in for an extra point. No, no, yeah. no. If he's going to try and slide in for an extra point, I'm going to slide in for an extra point, which is Chai GPT, which was spotted this week in India as a store that offers amazing chai tea. So forget about the tea in GPT. Focus on the T. <laughs> nice. All right, I'll, I'll give you a pity point, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> 10 to 7. <laughs> so you didn't win anything I, with that. And I plus one to chatting with money. I like the concept. Although like Digit in the US emerged as like a text messaging service and, and, and backed away from it. Um, Funny that it was a little cumbersome for people. My humble around. opinion is that money should remain stupid and you're talking to a virtual advisor that manages your money. But it... next question. At that same famous Belgian conference, the banking scene conference Brussels, there was also a panel on how to avoid digital islands in a world of central bank digital currencies. Now, this week I read something. Um, how I read how Ron DeSantis from Florida, found a very creative way to avoid it. What is it? I got this one. He's American. So his solution would be stick to using checks. <laughs> getting close. It's getting close. I personally do write a check every day. <laughs> For rent. <laughs> I thought it was that it told Disney to F off. Um, I mean, Disney has just announced that it was going to build an amazing $1 billion place in Florida for employees. And then DeSantis blocked it, um, or rather got into an argument with them. And so Disney have now said they won't do it. It was going to create 2,000 jobs. And um, you know, basically what disappointed me the most is that you know, the worst news is they're closing the 100-room Star Wars-themed hotel immersive experience that they were launching, which yeah. I desperately want to go to. No! Chris, just redecorate your place. You can be the Star Wars immersion casa. Well, seeing that as uh, Avatar's Obi-Wan Kenobi Skinner. Yeah, in which case you're R2-D2. I'm the future. That's our next costume episode. We're deviating here. We're deviating. Well, that's the right I, answer, guys. So at the beginning, you said that I was closer to um to it with the fact that he wants to uh, write checks, and and I think that uh, you're referring to the story that says uh, he has come out and outright banned the use of a um, CBDC. Is that even possible, Mary? How can you ban a central bank digital currency? I mean, surely the, the central bank 
um, you can't ban its currency in a state, surely. I mean, not that there is a digital dollar yet, just to be clear, but but surely it's, it wouldn't be legally possible for him to ban it, but he's banned it. But How's the Central possible? Bank doesn't make laws. It doesn't make laws, but I would have thought that, that, you know, banning your central bank digital currency would be akin to banning the dollar itself. It's it come from the central bank. That's your currency. Yes. Andrew, for example, right now, there's a fierce discussion going on in the European Parliament on whether or not we, they should central bank should proceed with central bank digital currency. So that right. is politicians saying whether or not to proceed. Well, yeah, I mean, in, in, interestingly, there was a joke that went a bit viral in my community around the American Democrat and possibly future American president, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., uh, a name that you don't want to grapple with too much because Kennedy is obviously very infamous in history, um, who said that Fed now that's just launching uh, in the USA, and you can tell us more about Fed now, maybe Mary, but um, that that was the CBDC which was launching, which it obviously isn't. But having said that, people get confused between faster payments, real time payments, and CBDCs. Yeah, but that was that was a big blooper. That was a big oops. That's embarrassing for you, <laughs> like the industry. But yeah, real time payments here it's still a bit of a mystery. I think banks are figuring out what use cases they will do and whether they'll charge. And and so like even though faster payments is coming, I think it's July, right, Chris? Where it's hitting. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, there's just a lot of mystery still going on on states. I'm I'm just confused. I mean, I, Rick, I'll take your point with the European Central Bank is debating whether or not it should release a a digital EU, you know, a digital uh, um, uh, euro. But if they did implement a digital euro, how would it be legal for some of the member countries to say? We're not. We we're going to ban it. I mean, well, surely if it's not a, a legal a, tender, it only well, becomes a legal tender once it's once it's been added into law. But why wouldn't it? So if the digital dollar, the uh, CBDC issued by, if the digital dollar ever came about, and that became legal tender, would a would a state still be able to ban it? It's oh. just it's a theoretical question at the moment. Well, they find the TikTok this week. <laughs> but points. All right. Let's move fast. Yes. Seven, seven. We're at 27, Chris, Andrew, 31. Mm. 27, 31. Mary, do you want me to proceed as a judge and host? Yes. Let's have this notable moment, audience. Rick will be taking over the role. Don't fail us. <laughs> Until we meet again. All right, Mary, I won't disappoint you. All right, I'm. I'll be watching to find out for sure. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> All right. Bye. All right. Next question, my friends. What's the best, the perfect way out of a bank for unrelated reasons? No idea. <laughs> I, 
I, I think that the simple answer is you just let it crash, don't you? That seems to be the way that all of the bankers are getting out of their banks. Is you know, there seems to be a run of that lately. Just let it crash. Let somebody else buy it. You know, but it somebody... doesn't make you fired for unrelated reasons. Oh, fired! You didn't say fired. You said oh, the perfect way out of a bank. Sorry. Oh. Then, then I would just, I would say, just don't bother getting a license. Like. Um, Revolut at the moment, there's a huge, I don't know whether it's a rumor, but it's been picked up by multiple uh, news outlets that says in the UK, the Treasury has been advised that uh, it's probable that the Bank of England will not be issuing Revolut with a banking license in the UK. Um, so that would be a way out. Just don't get a banking license. Yep. Well, I mean, the Revolut, the Revolut story is interesting in that um, on the one hand, people are saying that the Bank of England won't issue them with a license and the PRA, which is the regulator authority, will are not happy with the way that they are performing. On the other hand, um, Revolut are saying they've withdrawn their application, or so I hear, So because they don't think they'll get off the... Um, you know the license even though they've been trying for two years uh and the bottom line with revolute is um it's a bit of a horror story um you know particularly with nick Stronsky recently on stage in a conference saying you know the uk is such a hard place to deal with with too many rules and restrictions and on the other hand most fintech companies particularly those that have launched and are based here like revolute are saying it's a great place to deal with. So um, there's obviously some horror story going on there. And and Chris, you you had mentioned last week about the churn of their senior exec group that now it's what, five senior Now you're getting execs. really close. It's five senior execs that have left recently? Yeah. And, yeah, why and, did uh, one of them leave for unrelated reasons, my friends? Because you're hinting to each other. I think at least one of you knows the answer. Well, it, uh, one of them left because he basically said that he would be standing in the garden of a customer with a shotgun ready to kill him, <laughs> which uh, is the former UK chief executive, James Ransford. He says that he sent that message by mistake, but um, I don't know. I, I don't think there's any mistake there. He meant it. <laughs> yeah, he might, he might have At said least he it. typed it. Yeah, he he typed it. He can't get away with that one at all. <laughs> yeah, and that was sent to a customer who was a bit irate. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, that makes. I'm more modest with the points than Mary. I give three points to Andrew, but five points for Chris. Yay. So you are getting closer again, Chris. I I need to catch up. Next, but also the last question. Following a court decision in the US, two banks publicly commented as follows. First one said, and that was a native uh, federal credit union, who said, our members are always the first priority and we handle all member transactions with great care. Next was Wells Fargo. Wells Fargo takes financial exploitation very seriously. We are committed to helping our customers avoid fraud and scams through various resources, including ongoing education efforts. What was going on? So I think that sounds very um, 
politically correct corporate communication, proper, you know, solid corporate communication. Unlike uh, the Bank of England, um, whose top economist has now publicly apologized for his poor choice of words after saying that people must accept that they're poorer. Um, because his comments went viral and uh, there was a huge big backlash on social media at that statement. So this week he had to go and publicly apologize. And uh, so there sounds like it's much better corporate communication. Yeah, that was not my question. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm just going to say, can you remember the name of the chief economist? Because I can. Hugh Pill. Pill, exactly. Yeah. The, the bitter pill to swallow. It kind of builds on Mr. Bean, who used to be one of the top guys at the Bank of England. Yeah, Mr. Bill and Mr. Bean, they kind of go together. Um, but I would say that this maybe is related to the fraud case that was in courts this week um, about iSpoof.cc, a website where basically um, it was a fraud and it conned victims out of more than... 100 million dollars um where the guy who founded this fraud site brought a lamborghini range rovers a rolex watch and he was the founder and leading administrator of the site um and eventually was brought down in one of the uh, largest fraud stings in britain um tj fletcher was his name and he's got 13 years for being such a fraudster wow um something's related to that it's getting very very close uh it's not a court case but was it's very close was that site responsible for the um the scam where there was a company a film company that had been uh, duped by a fake uh benedict cumberbatch um where the the people that the scammers had used ai voice technology to perfectly replicate benedict cumberbatch's voice and they were completely convinced that they actually had benedict cumberbatch on the line what was that the same company or was that a different company chris i don't know because um i'm more familiar with his sister um benny cumberbatch anyway R rating, R rating, straight away. Come on, guys, what's the right answer? Well, if it's to do with scams, um, then the big there was a big news story about a 76-year-old um, uh, ex-US Navy commander that died, and a niece of his was uh, trying to sort out his admin and paperwork and discovered that he had been frauded out of $3.6 million, um, sending money abroad, you know, uh, amounts as large as $49,500 at a time, uh, just under their 50,000 uh, limit that would, um, that would trigger fraud. And uh, Wells Fargo and Naval Credit, Navy Credit Union, um, were used. He sent transfers out 74 times. And yet nobody, nobody questioned this. And I think it's triggered a big Fed investigation. Um, they did question it. Yeah, but well, they continued. But they did they, question it. They did question it, but it just continued and it carried on. And now it's triggered a big um, an investigation by the Fed into um, 
uh, scams against the elderly, specifically scams against the elderly. And it's just crazy. So, yeah, thank goodness his, his niece. Because at the was, end, the case was dismissed, huh? Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, his his niece had taken taken them to court and has highlighted the um, the issue. And, and the big question is, should banks be doing more? I think you've got to be clear on this, though, in that um, it was the Navy Federal Credit Union that allowed the 74 transactions and Wells Fargo only did one. So I think there's a big difference there between the two. Yeah. And um, it's just amazing that you can move so many millions of dollars in a scam and a fake scheme, which um, wasn't picked up. And particularly, I think the credit union aspect of that is interesting because the credit unions in the USA, um, I don't know how familiar you guys are, but I've worked with them quite a lot. And they're normally very focused on small areas like ex-Navy guys, the Navy mm. Federal Credit Union. Um, and obviously something went wrong here in terms of the governance and oversight of their operations. Sure. Yeah, I think the example also shows how very fragmented the banking market still is in the United States. With some countries, these uh, kind of transactions need to be listed, listed, and in others, they're optionally being listed, which clearly keeps some of the gaps open um, to detect these fraud cases. Well, I mean, uh, the, the article did say that the Naval Credit, uh, Credit Union actually warned him and had requested meetings with him, yep. but he refused. Uh, he refused the meetings. Um, so they just closed out the case saying um, needs protected services refused. Um, so there is a point of, you know, how, how far do you want to go? Can yeah. How, what is the duty of a bank mm. when? the person just simply refuses but then you've got to think is what 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 was the mental capability of the person you know did they need more of a social welfare thing should somebody have actually assessed his mental capacity to be able to make decisions like that because it was clear fraud a clear scam you know maybe he didn't care maybe he just went you know what i've got no dependence i've got nobody that's going to inherit the money I'll just let it all go. I mean, I'm quite shocked that uh, a naval commander managed to amass millions of dollars himself. Um, it's obviously a well-paid job. We entered into the wrong uh, wrong career, didn't we, Chris? <laughs> so, Rick, we're at the end of our show. Can you share with everyone who scores highest? Well, Rick, uh, given the last question, where Chris scored 12 and Andrew scored 15. Bottom line, we arrive at Chris scoring 44 and Andrew scoring 49. Congratulations, Andrew, you're the winner. <laughs> all right, thank you all for listening and watching. I cannot wait for more international FinTech and financial services stories coming up very soon. If you like our show, make sure you register on our website for the newsletter to be the first to know about the new episodes. You're a really big fan, make sure you have a look at our merchandise. There are plenty of designs created by our creative brain, Andrew Forster. Don't forget to subscribe on whatever channel you're on. This was the 23rd episode of FinTech Uncut, and we hope to entertain you, your colleagues, your friends, connections, followers, family, cats, rabbits, dogs, 
very soon again. Ciao.